Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Thank you, ladies. Thank you very much. Got to move those. I might get wound up this morning. I usually do when we start talking about our country. This morning, we want to examine the first half of Proverbs fourteen thirty four: righteousness exalteth a nation. And then this afternoon, we're going to look at the second half, but sin is a reproach to any people. So let's examine righteousness exalteth a nation. Look at Proverbs fourteen thirty four. It's very succinct, it's very clear, it's very simple, it's unambiguous. We don't have to argue about it, we don't have to debate it. Some portions of scripture, good men can disagree. There's nothing to argue over on this one. It's either accept it or reject it. It's pretty much that simple. And it says very simply, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness exalteth a nation. I have said before... And rather recently, uh, seems like quite frequently, that God does deal with us as individuals, to be sure. That's very clear. We, we come to him individually. We live for him individually. But in, in Scripture, it's very clear that God has at times dealt with families. He'll deal with a family unit. Sometimes he will deal with cities. And at other times, he will deal with nations. In other words, it should matter to you how your neighbors are doing and how they are living. It matters to you, it should matter to you, how your community is is doing. Are they experiencing revival or are they building casinos? Because it's going to affect you. Because as God judges or blesses this nation, he will be judging or blessing you as a nation. We have a lot at stake with what goes on at our county courthouse here in Mayo. It should matter to you. It should matter to you what's going on in our state, in Lansing, and certainly what is going on in Washington. You cannot opt out. I I don't want to play the game. You know, I'm not interested, Pastor. I I, I don't want the stress. I I don't want the responsibility. You know, I'm just going to live my life. You're not allowed to opt out. You will will reap the blessings or you will encounter the harshness of living in a blessed nation or in a cursed nation. And if you want this nation to be blessed, please understand this. Righteousness exalts a nation. Now you can agree with that, you can disagree with that, you can argue, well that's in the Bible, and the Bible's a bunch of baloney, and some people believe that. But folks, I can tell you this, you can take it to the bank, that righteousness exalts a nation, and we've got enough history behind us to prove that point. Or that sin is a reproach to any people. One writer said, concerning this particular verse... He said, the target of this phrase is no specific nation, 
But its meaning clearly applies to all nations, and that includes America. Therefore, it is important for us, it's important for you, it's important for your your spouse, it's important for your children, as Americans, to measure ourselves, especially in these challenging times, we should ask ourselves, which of these two causes we now embrace, whether righteousness or sin? You, by your thoughts and your actions today, tomorrow, you will be indicating to others and affecting others by the fact that you are actively pursuing righteousness or you become a victim to sin. And it's very clear what the Bible says. I want this nation to, to be blessed, as it has been through, through the years. The things this nation has done, I was watching that Saturn V rocket take off in, in, in that video. You know, and, and I thought, it wasn't too long ago, but how odd did it sound for John Kennedy to say, ask not what your country can do, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Didn't that just sound weird? Who does that? Everybody's got their hand out. Well, not everybody, but too many people are looking for their country to solve all their problems and to meet all their needs. How odd that wasn't that long ago that he said that. And I thought today, when I heard that, I thought. I don't hear any politicians saying that today. What exalts a nation? Righteousness. Now, it's very clear what doesn't exalt a nation. Never in the Bible will you find where it says secularism exalts a nation. Secularism is simply life without God. It's man coming up with his own ideas, such as we got here by accident, Big Bang Theory. That's that's secular. We evolved from primates to be who we are today. That, that's secular. You know, everything that we... The, the casinos, the, the, uh, all the, the junk that's going on in Hollywood and what have you, that's going on in homes today, that's all secular. That doesn't exalt a nation. Science. Science. I mean, there's good things to science. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm great. You know, that Saturn rocket, you know, that doesn't happen without, without science. But what we're seeing today... Is, is people looking to science as the authority. I noticed not too long ago, I, would, I was going to this website. It was kind of like a, a web magazine, different political stories, stories about this, that, and the other. And, and I noticed uh, not too long ago, more and more articles were saying, science says this is how to have a happy life. Science says this is how to have a more purposeful life. And it was like... Oh, it, you don't argue with that. You know, science was the authority. But nowhere in Scripture will you see that science is the answer. And let me say this too. Nowhere in Scripture will you see that socialism is the answer. Socialism is not taught in Scripture. In fact, in fact quite the contrary. And let me say this. There has been no economic system in the history of the world that has gotten more people out of poverty than capitalism and the free market. And people having the freedom to start a business and make a profit. And you know what capitalism is all about? It's about meeting other people's needs. It's about meeting their needs. It's not about being told what you can make, how much you can make, and how much you can keep for yourself. Socialism, has that is not the answer. What does exalt a nation? One thing. 
And you, we're all going to go out of here this morning with this responsibility on our backs, and either we're going to do our part or we're going to fail. We're going to be part of the answer or we're going to be part of the problem. And that answer is righteousness. Here's my point this morning and what I'm trying to get across. We should be encouraged this morning to know that righteousness exalts a nation. It brings peace. I want to live in peace. I don't want to see the haves fighting with the have-nots, if you will. I want to see prosperity for all. I want us to live in liberty and freedom. It will give that to a nation and then do everything in our power to live it and to promote it. Knowing that righteousness exalts a nation, we need to determine here and now that we are going to live that righteousness and we're going to do everything in our power to promote that righteousness. Examine the phrase. Look at it. Righteousness exalteth a nation. There's nothing else to argue about. We're not here to argue politics. We're not here to argue Republican, Democrat, or Independent. I'm not here to promote any one of them. I'm here to promote righteousness. Righteousness exalteth a nation. So what is righteousness? Righteousness is very simple. It's simply people living according to God's word. Not you living according to the way you see it and your ideas and your desires, but righteousness is living according to God's word. And when a massive amount of people in a nation do that, it will exalt a nation. It will elevate a nation. It will bring dignity to a nation. It will bring peace and prosperity and liberty and justice to a nation, a group of people. They united, in some cases by ethnicity, in some cases they're united by geography, in some cases by common interest, and uniquely to America, what unites us? It's an ideal. That through God all men are created equal. It's an ideal. You can be an African and be an American. You can be Japanese and be an American. To be a Japanese, you've got to be a Japanese. To be an Egyptian, you've got to be born an Egyptian. To be an American, you could be born in Japan and still become an American. You, you can be born in Egypt and still become an American because you believe in an ideal, as stated in our Declaration of Independence and as stated in our Constitution. And that's what has brought us together as a nation. That ideal is what has prospered us. That God has blessed this nation. What is righteousness? Or, excuse me. Righteousness exalts a nation. We are taught that a nation's real greatness consists not in, this is one writer that I'm quoting, that a nation's real greatness consists not in its conquest, magnificence, military, or artistic skill, but in its observance of the requirements of justice and religion. So again, if righteousness exalts a nation, then we need to have a clear understanding of what that word righteousness means. Because I'm going to do everything in my power as a pastor, 
as a father, as a husband, as a friend, as a citizen, to promote righteousness, because I want this nation blessed. So what is righteousness? Psalm 119, 172. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. All thy commandments are righteousness. A couple quotes concerning that. The law of God is not only the standard of right, but it is the essence of righteousness. And secondly, righteousness exalteth a nation means that when people are saved and live by the Bible, that people will be blessed with peace, prosperity, liberty, and freedom. What is righteousness? God's commandments are righteous. And when people decide to live according to God's will rather than their will, you have people living in righteousness. And what is it that exalts a nation? It is righteousness. Please understand, our forefathers got it. They knew that. What happened in Philadelphia in and around 1776 had never happened before in the history of the world. Please understand that. And it only happened because at that time we were primarily a Christian nation. Is it not true that many people that were in Europe that came to America came looking for what? Religious freedom. They were religious people. And that's the kind of people, people of faith, People who do their best to live righteously. That's the kind of people that God blesses. And our forefathers understood that. John Adams, the second president of the United States, said, and I quote, The general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. Righteousness exalts a nation. John Quincy Adams, John Adams' son, who was the sixth president of the United States, said, and I quote, The Declaration of Independence laid the cornerstone of human government upon the first precepts of Christianity. Patrick Henry, governor of Virginia, said, and I quote, The great pillars of all government and of social life are virtue, morality, and religion. Just another way of these men saying that they understood that righteousness exalts a nation. You like your liberty? You like being able to meet this morning without any thugs coming in here, hauling me off or standing at the, at the, at the door? You, know, you, you, you like the idea of, of, a, of a, a, a community where you can be safe, folks? It is righteousness that exalts a nation. And without righteousness, you can't have liberty. You you can't have freedom without righteousness. Our founding fathers said that. That's one of the reasons I've seen politicians try to export liberty and freedom to foreign countries, and it didn't work because they weren't Christian. And they didn't have the righteousness that it takes for it to work. You can't export freedom and liberty to people who do not understand righteousness. Without righteousness, you cannot have liberty and freedom. You'll see more of that this afternoon. So how does this work? Righteousness exalteth a nation. 
Now, how does that, how do you connect righteousness with a nation and then it being exalted? Glad you asked. Let me show you. Number one, think about it, folks. This is just so practical. Righteousness makes people responsible. Somebody gets saved, and they, they want to grow, they want to be a good person, they want to be a right, righteous person, it makes them responsible. Galatians 6, verse number 5, For every man shall bear his own burden. A group of people get saved, and they start studying the Bible, and whereas they used to be carefree and careless, They are taught that, no, you need to bear your own burden. You need to be responsible. And the Holy Spirit works in them and changes them. And when that happens to a family, boy, that family gets better real quick. When that happens to a community, boy, that community gets better real quick. And when that happens to a nation where everybody is responsible, then that nation is blessed. And in a practical sense... This would affect our health care. Everybody's talking about health care today. This would impact our health care in a huge way. People would then, if they're responsible, are going to be working hard. They're not going to be living off the public dole. And they're going to be able to pay for their insurance. And lifestyle change with people being responsible. How much of our health care goes to deal with people with addictions, uh, people who are living with STDs, uh, sexually transmitted diseases, people dealing with drugs, people dealing with alcohol, tobacco. How many lung issues? How many cancer issues? How many um, liver issues? How many health issues would be resolved, eliminated, if people took responsibility for their bodies? And the Bible's going to teach people to do that. And in that sense... Righteousness exalts a nation, and we don't have so many health care problems anymore if people will live righteously. Won't be so many people taken by ambulance in the middle of the night on a Friday or Saturday night because of a barroom brawl or a shooting in Chicago. Righteousness makes people responsible. Number two, righteousness makes people industrious. When people get saved, they're taught the Bible. Because righteousness is living the precepts of God's word. In God's word, in 1 Timothy 5, 8, you read, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and is worse than an infidel. You want to see our nation improve dramatically, economically? Then let everybody get saved. And let those who used to be lazy and who would be sluggards, as the Bible would describe them, Hear this verse, that if any provide not for his family, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith. And a man that used to not care, all of a sudden he's saved. He's got the Holy Spirit and he hears that preach and he thinks, i got to go get a job. And maybe even a second job. Can you imagine how that would affect the welfare state in this country? Industrious people meeting their own needs. Industrious people, therefore, growing our economy. I mean, give me a room this size of this, this number of people who are not saved. You know, don't care, don't believe there's any standard, Everybody, you're all doing what you want to do. A good portion in this room would be lazy. And guess what, the rest of you are going to have to care for them. 
But give me a room full of people like this who are all saved, who believe the Word of God, who have the Holy Spirit convicting them when they hear this preach, and everybody's going to be industrious. Which group of people do you want to live with? Let's just keep it that simple, that little experiment. And in that sense, righteousness exalts a nation. Number three, righteousness makes people respectful. People are disrespectful today. People have so many problems. They're they're, they're going into schools of all places and destroying innocent young lives. People are getting out of their cars on the freeway and going beating up on each other. Matthew 7, 12, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, the golden rule, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Righteousness causes people to respect one another. And without righteousness, people tend not to respect one another. If we saw revival in our nation, people getting saved, truly saved, people being filled with the Holy Spirit, and going into churches where they hear this preached, therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, in other words, how you want to be treated, treat others that way. And see if that doesn't fundamentally change a family, a community, or a nation. And you know what? That would destroy identity politics where different groups are blaming everybody today. I want to bring people together in this nation. And this is the way to do it. I don't want people suspicious of one another. Men against women, women against men. uh, Short people against tall people, vice versa. Blacks against white. Now, if they're respecting one another, that's going to make all the difference in the world. That would destroy identity politics, which so many people are playing up today. Righteousness makes people more respectful. Number four, there's seven of them. Righteousness makes people compassionate. 1 Peter 3, 8, finally, be, all, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful, in other words, be caring about people. Be courteous. You have a group of people get saved. The Holy Spirit moves in to guide them and to convict them. And they hear a message here where it says, have compassion on one another. Don't be blaming each other. Don't be suspicious of each other. Be compassionate towards one another. That would eliminate racism. And I don't believe this is a racist country. I think there are some people trying to make it a racist country. But a racist country doesn't elect a a black president, doesn't have a black secretary of state at one time, doesn't have a black uh, member of the Supreme Court and and a number of legislators. And, you know, this isn't a racist nation, but there are people that are wanting to play the racist card. card. How do you eliminate that? If people are compassionate. Am I right? If we're just loving each other. A black guy comes in, a black family, we love them. They love us. We're compassionate. We're not going to be suspicious. We're not going to be you know, thinking evil of them, nor they of us. You want the answer to racism in America? Righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation. It brings people together. It makes people compassionate. Righteousness makes people moral. 1 Corinthians 6.18 Flee fornication. That's really any and all sexual sins. 
Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. We have a revival in this nation, a true nationwide revival. And preachers get in the pulpit and start preaching the Bible to people who have the Holy Spirit in them. And they hear a preacher preach this, and they used to just sleep around with people, live with people, but now being saved with the Holy Spirit, they're going to change that. And they're going to know that sex outside of marriage is a sin. And they're going to respect that. They're going to get under conviction. Why? Because they are now righteous. And folks, what would that do to promiscuity? And what would that do to the things that promiscuity produces, such as abortion and AIDS and sexually transmitted diseases? Righteousness makes a people moral. And in a nationwide revival, it makes a nation moral. And it solves so many of those problems. And that also affects the health care as well. And it eliminates so, so many expenses there. Real quick, number six, righteousness makes people ethical. Leviticus 19.11, we are taught, ye shall not steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. I believe all those things. And because I have the Holy Spirit living in me, I'm not going to steal from somebody. I'm not going to deal falsely with somebody. I'm not going to lie to somebody. Because I got saved, I heard the word of God. I'm trying to live a righteous life. But an unsaved person? I mean, they've done surveys on college campuses. Is it okay to cheat? And today's... Younger millennials will tell you, yeah, because everybody's doing it. So I'm going to do it. That's how, that's how they think. Well, how does that affect the economy? How does that affect commerce? Why, one of the reasons America became the great nation it was because nations around the world that had wealth through oil or resources would invest in America because it was safe in America. They could trust America. They couldn't invest in their own countries, which in many cases were not Christian or only had a form of of Christianity, and they knew there was corruption and all that kind of stuff, so they invested in America. Righteousness makes people ethical. That would greatly promote our economy. Employees then would be committed, hardworking, honest. Employers, guided by the Spirit of God, living righteously, would then want to be fair, and I would think even generous with their employees. And number seven, lastly, righteousness makes people good citizens. Romans 13, 3, for rulers, talking about our political rulers, are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same there would be no riots. People would be good citizens. It would make them for more safe and secure communities. People would be law-abiding citizens. People would trust one another. People would have the same values, the, the, the same common goal. We would be a covenant nation. And that's, what we, that's really who we are at our core. A covenant nation. We, we agree on a promise. We agree on an ideal. We promise to be good citizens. We all value liberty. We, we all value justice. And when people are good citizens, it changes. You, you get saved. You know, 
You, you get saved. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And, and then a preacher comes up and he starts preaching Romans 13, 3. People realize, I, I need to be a good citizen. And in our country, there are legal ways if you don't like the way things are going. We have a representative form of government. We have a Republican form of government. Understand what Proverbs 14, 34 says. Righteousness exalteth a nation. You concerned about the direction of your country? There is one answer. One. It is not the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, independence. It is righteousness. I say that based on the word of God. Righteousness exalteth a nation. I'm concerned about the direction of our country. You know, I'm still really, really young at 67 degrees, or at least 67 degrees. (laughs) At 67, where did that come from? At 67 years old. Some of you young people will find this almost unbelievable. There was a time that when I was a kid, we didn't lock our doors at night in my lifetime. There was a time when we would leave the keys in the car and sometimes the car running as you just ran into the store for something real quick. I remember playing till way after dark down at the Slocum's house down the street with all the other kids in the neighborhood well after dark. Kick the can or hide and seek or something. It was common. Doesn't that sound crazy to you younger generation people? There was a time when parents could let their kids get up early on Saturday morning and watch cartoons unsupervised. Can't do that today. I mean, back then, what? Little Rascals? Three Stooges? Yogi Bear? Flintstones and my all-time favorite, Deputy Dog? (laughs) Back then, you didn't have to get it in writing. A handshake was good enough. Back then, you could, <clears throat> you could call the bank and say, have you seen so-and-so today? I'm looking for him. And they could tell you. I remember a day and age at LSU football games, back when the stadium would seat 68,000 people. I was there most games as a youngster. You stand... And there was prayer. Lord, watch over the players, keep them slave. At the Louisiana State University. Now, when we would play Alabama, we'd just pray for protection of our side, just, just the LSU players. It's not a hard formula. It's just, will we do it? Righteousness exalts a nation. How are we to promote and spread righteousness? Well, first of all, it starts with you. It starts with you, individuals. First of all, do you know Christ is your Savior this morning? None of this means much to you this morning if you're here and you've never been born again. I'm not talking about becoming a Baptist. I'm not talking about maybe something weird you saw on TV that, you know, that uh, gave 
you know, Christianity a bad name. I'm talking about not looking at me, not looking at anybody in this room, but looking at Jesus and accepting him as your Savior. You can do that. Maybe you've seen some weird stuff on TV and say, I don't want any part of Christianity. No, you don't want any part of them. Okay. What I want you to do is look at Jesus this morning and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You can do that. Because understand, without Jesus Christ, if you die in your sins unforgiven, you're going to spend eternity separated from him, as you should in a terrible place called hell. But God loved you enough that he sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay for your sins so that you won't have to pay for them. And All you have to do is accept him. Put your faith and trust in him. That's where it starts. Righteousness starts with you being born again. Then it includes you being a good testimony to your family, to your friends, and in the workplace. And thirdly, it involves you getting involved in the one institution in this entire world that is described as the pillar and ground of the truth. And that's the local church. Getting involved. Not, not just when it's convenient for you on Sunday morning. Well, it's going to take far, for us to turn this country around, it's going to take far more than just Sunday morning only Christians. It's going to take people who are all in and who see the value in being back in the afternoon and the value in being back on Wednesday evening and the value of getting involved, the value, simple things, showing up tomorrow afternoon and making the grounds nice and what have you. It's people that are giving, people that are praying, people that are serving. We'll finish with two quotes. Number one, these words, in other words, righteousness exalts a nation, at once reveal to us the great secret in all national improvement, national happiness, national peace, and prosperity. Let us not suppose that legislative enactments, criminal laws, courts of justice, and houses of correction can ever succeed in uprooting vice and implanting virtue. Without virtue, folks, there is no freedom. In securing peace and protecting property and removing sin and exalting the nation, these truly should not be left undone, but never for one moment imagine that in themselves they can remedy the evil. And last, these never can change the heart of man. That's his legislatures and courts and what have you. Think not that a nation's true, substantial, and lasting greatness consists in power, wealth, noble edifices, princely palaces, extensive cities, warlike achievements, naval victories, commercial enterprise, or colonial possessions. Be not dazzled with the glitter and glare of this mere external appearance of greatness. If you go home with nothing else, chew on this. Righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness. Do your part. Be a part of a good Bible-believing church. Have a good testimony. I think our little group of prime timers that went to Castle Farms, I think with Betsy, our tour guide, I think we promoted righteousness. I think we were a good testimony. 
Righteousness exalts a nation. I hope you'll buy in. I'm all in. I hope you'll go with me. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.